Today's daf is daf nun vav. Mesaches Yevamos, page fifty-six. We pick up from the second line. Echad hamaora veechad hagaymer kana. The Mishnah had told us that whether a person has a partial bia or a complete bia, he has acquired his yevama as his yevama for the mitzvah of yibum. Now, the word that the Mishnah used is kana. The word kana means he has acquired her. There's an acquisition. That has been made. Says the Gemara, interesting expression of kana. Semai kana. What does it mean he acquired her? What does it mean he acquired her? Does it mean that he fulfilled his mitzvah of Yibam? Or does it mean you guys, Mamish, did like a full fledged uh, Nisuan? It's like you're, you're totally married. You're completely married. Because let, let's think like this. You ready? We learned that when it comes to marriage, a regular marriage, outside of Yibam. There's three ways to acquire a woman. Kesef, Shtar, and Bia. That is all Erisin. That is all an acquisition, but it's Erisin. You didn't do an Esuin yet. You didn't actually move in as husband and wife. He didn't bring her into his domain. So the question is, when he does, let's say, a partial Bia, a Hara'a, as we were learning about yesterday, the Misha said he acquires her, is that a complete acquisition? Or is it just that, okay, now you fulfilled your mitzvah. So let's get going. Rav Omarav says, It is a complete acquisition. Okay? Meaning, no matter how your bia worked out, whether it was a gemar bia, whether it was hara'ah bia, she, you, you, the, the two of you have now accomplished nesuin. You're completely married. Ushmul Amar and Shmuel says, You only acquire her for things that, that it mentions specifically in the verses concerning Yibum, which is, the husband now inherits the property of his brother. We learned earlier that when a brother performs the mitzvah of Yibum and extends his dead brother's name, so now you are the sole inheritor. So says Shmuel, you're, you didn't do Nesuin, but rather... You're acquiring the estate, and she's putter from Yibum from the other brothers. Okay, now what is going to be a practical nafkamina between these two? So as we're going to see, and there's going to be a big focus of our Gemara, we're going to talk a lot on today's daf until the bottom of the Omud. We're going to get into a lot, of, a lot about laws of truma. A lot of laws of truma. Now let's explain outside where the laws of Truma come in. If you have a woman who's married to a Kohen, but their marriage is Arison. Arison means the Kohen acquired her as a wife, but she has not, he put a ring on her finger. She has not yet moved into his house. She's still living with her family. She's not allowed to eat Truma yet. However, once she moves in, she's permitted to Truma. She's permitted Truma. Listen here. Yeah, let, let's bring this over to Yibam now. Her husband dies. The, the brother now does Yibam. We say, you know what? You took her in. You had Bia. You acquired certain things. However, she cannot start eating Truma because of the Bia to the other. That's not what's going to allow her to start eating Truma. Okay. Now, says the Gemara. Let's explain the circumstances surrounding that statement. Minan if let's say 
she was fully married to Reuven who passed away. Let's think through this clearly. We just made a statement. Shimon, the Yavam, she cannot eat Shuma because of him. Says the okay, okay, so now, now let's understand. If she was fully married to Reuven, isn't she allowed to eat Shuma because she was married to a Kohen? Reuven to Kohen. Reuven and Shimon are paternal brothers, obviously, or else they wouldn't be Ibam. So that means they're both Kohanim. So she fell to Shimon from a state of Nesuin, means she was already eating Shuma. Everybody agrees, listen, if you were eating Shuma up until now, so certainly, no matter how Shimon performed Yibam, she could now eat Shuma again. Why? Because she's been eating Shuma all along. From the, her first husband's marriage, she was already eating Shuma. So why are we going to say that, this, that uh, now she has to stop because of... Let's say a partial bia. There's no svara for that. Okay. Says the Gemara. However, ki pligi, I'll tell you where there's a machlaikas. Here we go. Mina irisin. The wife was only married to Reuven as an acquisition. Was she ever allowed to eat truma in her original marriage? No. Because she was only her original husband's Arusa. She never moved in with him. So she has not been eating truma up until now. And then her husband dies childless as Arison. You get the case. So she's not eating truma. Now comes along Shimon, the Yavam, and he has a partial intercourse with her. Rav Amar Ochelas. Rav says, oh, okay. She can now start eating truma. Because we know the Torah considers a bias shoyeg, an unintentional intercourse, to be like a mazid. Meaning, you now had relations with her, she's your nesua. The same way she would be your nesua if you had purposeful relations, and she could start eating shuma. Go ahead, yeah. He didn't have intercourse with her. He only had Everson with her. Which one? The Yavam? Yeah. No, the Yavam now had a partial... Saying. No, the Gemara says that she was an Arusa to the to the dead brother. She was an Arusa to Ruvain, meaning Ruvain puts a ring on Rachel's finger and promptly drops dead. So she was his Arusa. He was a Kohen. She was his Arusa. Is she allowed to start eating Truma yet? No. She never moved into her Kohen husband's house. So she's not eating Truma, but she's, there's a Chi of Yibum. Because she was married to Ruvain. So Shimon, okay. yeah, that's the case. So now Shimon comes along and has Bia with her. Can she start eating truma? Says Rav, yeah, absolutely. She can start eating truma because the Bia is considered like a full-fledged Nesuin. And even though beforehand she wasn't eating truma, now she is. However, Shmuel, Amar Shmuel argues. Shmuel says, no, not, nothing to talk about. Ki, Rabbi Rachman, I should have not talk about, but Shmuel says it's not true. <laughs> Maybe some talk about, it, but it's not true. Ki Rabbi Rachmanon le'ukme b'makambal. When does the Torah say that the second husband takes the place of the first husband? It's in the relationship. Meaning, if Reuven, the dead brother, had only step one of marriage, do you know what Shimon is taking over with his bia? Step one of marriage. 
she's, she retains the same halachos as she did in her first marriage. But it doesn't mean that the Yavam, with his partial bia, let's say, is now going to go ahead and turn her into a Nesua? Says Shmuel, no. Meaning, beautiful, beautiful logic. Listen closely. The Torah says the Yavam takes the place of the deceased brother. If the deceased brother was related to her with only stage one of marriage, so the Yavam, by having relations with her, is now entering stage one of marriage. That's what you're entering. You're taking the same exact spot. And since the original spot did not allow her to have truma, so too, the second spot does not allow her to eat truma either. Okay, here we go. Now the, <coughs> excuse me. Now the Gemara, in classic fashion, is going to go back and forth, trying to prove each opinion and challenge the opinions. And let's remind ourselves quickly. Rob says, when a woman falls to the Yavam from Arison, from step one of marriage, the Bia makes it Nesuin. Shmuel says it does not make it Nesuin. It just takes whatever stage the original brother was. Now, here we go. Says Gemara Vazda Shmuel to Meir, Shmuel is consistent with his own reasoning. The Yomar, Domar of Nachman, Amar Shmuel of Nachman quotes Shmuel to say, Kol Abal, Kol Shabal Machli Yavam Macha. Whatever the husband, the original marriage, allowed the woman, the wife to eat, so too, that is what the second uh, husband, meaning the Yavam, allows the, the wife to eat. And if she was not eating truma up until now, she's not eating truma as a Yavama either. That's Shmuel's logic. Okay? Not for the husband, not for the Yavam. We asked a challenging question on Shmuel. Now Shmuel, remember, was an early Amora. So we're going to challenge him with either Brysos or Mishnayas. So here we go. The Brysos says, Bas Yisrael, Pikachas, if you have a Jewish female, pikeach means keen, aware, has a full mental capacity. Okay? That did Arison, did step one of marriage, was acquired by a Kohen who had full mental capacity. So two mentally healthy people. Now here's what happens. Before the Nesuin, something went wrong with the Kohen, and he became, um, he became a dumb. He became, literally, he's a deaf mute. So which means he's not able to soak in information anymore. Okay. Says the Gemara, says the Brisa, Listen to this. Even if her husband brings her, the Kohen brings her into his domain, she cannot start eating truma. She cannot start, because we're going to see soon that a deaf mute is not capable of confirming acquisitions. So now that she moved in with him, he's not really making a further acquisition on her. Hence, she's not allowed to start eating truma. What happens if her husband died and the Yavam is a deaf mute? Alright, listen to this. Can the Yavam do Yibam on her as a deaf mute? Interesting. 
See, now let's pause for a minute. Our Mishnah said, the bia, the intercourse of Yibam, can happen even unintentionally, and it's an acquisition. So it's interesting. The husband himself, who was a deaf mute, cannot do Nisuin. But now he dies. And now she's falling to a Yavam, who has, who has to, in order to acquire her, who has to have relations with her. You know, guess what happens? Eichelas. Yeah, he did Yibam with her. She can now start eating truma. And in this way, the ability of the Yavam is even greater than the ability of the original husband. Now, this is an obvious question on Shmuel, because what did Shmuel say? Shmuel said that all the Yavam could do is take the place of the original husband. And if the original husband had step one of marriage, the Yavam going to do step one of marriage. But guess what do you see from this Brisa? This Brisa states clearly that you can have a situation of a Yavam who's even furthering an ability past what the first marriage was able to accomplish. And let's, clar- let, let's speak this out. According to Rav, this all makes sense. This is great because Rav already told us that a Yavam could take the relationship a step further. But according to Shmuel, we have a question. According to Shmuel, yeah, when you have a lesser Yibam, it can't do any more. Ah, here you see it could do more. Amazing. Gavaldik. Challenge on Shmuel. To which Shmuel has a great comeback. Shmuel, Shmuel says, everybody settle down. All right? Let me, let me tell you what the Bryce is talking about. Here's what happened. You have a mentally healthy woman, a mentally healthy Kohen. They had a regular acquisition. He puts a ring on her finger. Then he didn't have the chance to have her move into the house before he became a deaf mute. She cannot eat truma. So far, so good. Now here's the change. Ready? Konas, what if he did nisuin? What if he took her in as a full-fledged wife? And guess what happened afterwards? Something went wrong with him mentally. But she was previously completely married to him. So Eicheles, she could certainly continue eating truma. In other words, we're adding in this knech, this, this, this line over here, where he only became incapacitated mentally after the acquisition was completed. If then the mentally incompetent Husband passed away without children and she falls in front of a Yavim Cheresh. Guess what the halach is? Eicheles. She can continue to eat Shuma, Umay Bezu. And what do you mean? Oh, one second. So let me ask you a question. Ready? Didn't we say, uh, according to what we're saying right now, when she falls to the Yavim, she's re- retaining the same status she had in the original marriage. But look at the end of the price. The price says one, that the, the Yavim is actually doing something more than the original marriage. How is that possible over here? I'll tell you what it means over here. By the original marriage, if he would have been mentally incapacitated, she wouldn't have been allowed. But over here, since she fell to the Yavim, even though from the start he was already a deaf mute, still it's considered a Nisuin. Beautiful. Okay. So that's how Shmuel is going to answer up the question. There are those who say that the Machoikas Rabbin Shmuel was a little differently. We're now just going to change around and move a little backwards till we get to the two dots. 
If she fell to the Avam when she was in a state of Erisin, everybody agrees she's still not allowed to eat Truma. She wasn't allowed to eat Truma up until now. Now that her husband dies, of course she's not allowed to eat Truma. Where's the Machlaikas? When she had a complete marriage to her first husband and then she became a Yavama. Rav says she could continue to eat Truma to have us She was eating Truma during her first marriage. So now she's allowed to continue eating Truma because. She was, she has been eating all along. Ushmol says, nope, you cannot. Why? Where did the Torah say that in, uh, uh, in a, an intercourse that takes place unintentionally is like a mazid, like an intentional intercourse? That's only for things that are mentioned specifically in the parsha. For example, the, the inheritance, so on and so forth. But not for anything else. Meaning it does not include, uh, it does not include the halachos of trum. Says the Gemara, one second. Vamra of Nachman Amar Shmuel. But of Nachman says the name of Shmuel. Vamra of Nachman Amar Shmuel. But of Nachman says the name of Shmuel. Kol Shabbat Michael Yava Michael. That the first and second marriage are always the same, and only what she was able to eat in the first marriage is the most that the Yavam can allow her to eat with his act of Yibum. Says the Gemara. No, Ema say the following. Kol bia, any time you have relations, shahabal ma'ichoba, where? If that relation would have happened in the first marriage, would she be allowed to start eating shuma? Let's think for a minute, right? This woman fell to the yavam from Arison. If let's say her husband would have had intercourse with her, that intercourse would have allowed her to start eating shuma. So Yavam, my now that the Yavam is doing that act, so also it's considered like he's taking the place of the first marriage. Because whatever would have been the first marriage is now happening with the Yibam, the Chobiyah, She'ein Abba, my but any type of Biyah that would not allow her to start eating, Ein, um, Ein, Hayavam, my the Yavam would not be allowed to start eating, uh, would not allow her to start eating Chum. Okay. Meaning, meaning, if let's say her original husband would have married her through Bia, and the intent is just to acquire her, that is Arisen, not Nesuin. So that actually is an act of relations, but there's no Nesuin, because that wasn't the intent. So too by Yibum, Perhaps we should say that since the Yavam is having relations with the Yavama purely for the intent of acquiring her, maybe she still cannot eat Shum. Okay? Fine. Bottom line is, Shmuel has wiggled out of our question. Meisvei, that's a challenging question. If you have a pikeach, a regular Jewish girl, no mental issues. Also, no mental issues. And they had Arison, but he didn't have a chance to do Nesu in the second step of marriage. And by that time, he'd already become a deaf mute. She cannot start eating truma because he cannot acquire her as a Nesu. If let's say he now dies, and she falls in front of his brother, who's also a deaf mute. The halacha is, 
that she can start eating truma despite the fact that her new yavam is a deaf mute. And in this way, the strength of the yavam is actually coming across as greater than the strength of the original husband. We'll go back to the original way that we explained it. She's allowed to eat truma because she would have been permitted to eat truma. And therefore, she could continue teeting Shuma. El Shmuel Kasha. But according to Shmuel, we still have a question because according to our opinion of Shmuel, who says that Yibum, um, that's done Bishaygeg, that's done without proper knowledge, is not going to allow her to eat Shuma, so then it's, you're not any stronger as a Yavam, to which the Gemara says, Kasha, there's Taka going to be a question according to the opinion of Shmuel. Period. Two dots. Okay. Ton Rabbanon. We're not done yet. Let's keep going. Ton Rabbanon. The rabbis learned and so should we. Two mentally competent people. A, a Bas Yisrael. A non-Kohenes. Okay. A woman who's not a Kohen. She gets married to. Uh, she has Arison, the She's acquired by a Kohen. And then unfortunately he becomes mentally incompetent. A deaf mute. She cannot start eating Shuma. Now listen to this. Here's the catch and here's the addition. Ready? If let's say she now has a son, all of a sudden, she could start eating truma. Because as soon as you have a child, that child is a Kohen. And once she has a child emanating from her body who's a Kohen, she can start eating truma. That's what it says in the Pusik. The Pusik says, that when once there's a child in the house, the entire household can start eating Shuma. She is now considered completely part of the household, despite the fact that her husband is a deaf mute. She can start eating Shuma on the fact that her child is eating Shuma. Okay. Rav Nassim Aymer, Meis Let's say if her child now dies. She was only eating Shuma on his account. Now he's not here. Rav Nassim Aymer Achelas, she could continue to eat Shuma. No, she no longer has that Pasuk allowing her, that verse allowing her to eat Shuma. Listen, as long as there's a Yalid Bay, a Yalid Besa, as long as there's a child, that's where you have the Pasuk. No child, you cannot eat Shuma anymore. My time is Rav Nassim. What's the reason for Rav Nassim? You know what? It doesn't say you could continue eating Shuma because once you, as they say about Pringles, yeah? Pringles, potato chips, once you pop, you don't stop. Yeah? No thing is eating one Pringle. Yeah? You, you might not want to eat any, but once you eat one Pringle, you're going for more. Okay, so once she starts eating uh, the truma, she could she can keep going. Amalei Abaye Abaye says one second. But now If let's say you have a Jewish woman that marries a kohen and he dies without kids, she should be allowed to eat truma shekvar achla because she should she already started eating. Okay, now the halacha is that once a kohen dies without children, his wife is not allowed to eat truma. It is. She has to stop. Her marriage over, she has to stop eating truma. She doesn't have any kids. She was married to go and stop eating truma. But we just said, one second, once you pop, you don't stop. Once you start eating, you don't need to stop. What happens is, once the husband dies, she can no longer eat the truma, like that holiness has left her, so Hachanami asked the Gemara a question, Abaye says to Rabbah, one second, when her son dies too, she should lose her, her holiness and her ability 
to eat the truma. Elam Rabbi Yosef, rather Rabbi Yosef says, you're right, it's a good question. Kosovar Rav Nosin, Rav Nosin's of the opinion, Nesuei Cheresh, Machilin Bechuma, that the Nesuin of a Cheresh does allow her to start eating Chuma, but like I was reading Nesuei Cheresh, Atu Kedusha Cheresh. And we're not going to make a decree on the Nesuin of a Cheresh because of the Kedushan of a Cheresh. Meaning, if, uh, if you have a, a Kohen who's completely mentally competent, who marries a woman, she cannot eat Chuma yet. However, if they do Nesuin, she can start eating Chuma. Okay? She can start eating Chuma. And since that is true, that is the opinion of Rav Nassim, the Allah is going to be that, um, that uh, you know, even though the marriage is valid, but the, the Chuma is going to keep a separate status. He's going to say, we're not concerned about allowing her for, if we allow her for Nesuin, she can do it for Erisin as well. He says, no. If, as long as he was, uh, had the ability to allow her to eat Chuma by Erisin, that continues by Nesuin. Amalei Abaye, Abaye says to his beloved Rebbe, Rebbe Yosef, he says, one second, if it's true that even if she has Nesuin to a deaf mute, she can start eating Shuma, so why do I got to say, oh, if she has a kid, she could eat Shuma? Either way, if she had a kid from this Kohen, guess what they had? Nesuin. It must have been they had Nesuin, so she's not eating because of him. She's, uh, it's, not, it's not eating because of, of the child. She must be eating Shuma because of the husband. Says the Gemara, no, Mishum Rabbanon. The reason why we mention this is because of the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon say that only if she has a kid, you can eat Shuma. But in Echanam, according to Rav Nassim, it's automatic. So why did Rav Nassim really argue in the Reisha? Why is he only talking about his Machlekes in the Seifa? Answers the Gemara, Beautiful message. You ready? You want to argue on somebody? Wait for them to finish their conversation. Wait for them to develop their thought. Very often, what happens? Yeah, how, do you, how do we li- When do we think we're listening to people? When do we think we're listening? By, by, letting, them, by letting them what? Letting them finish. You ever in a conversation with somebody? And you just spent an hour and a half with them and you walk away and you're like, Hello? They did not hear a word I said. Why not? Because they didn't let you finish your thought. Says Rav Nassim was being menschlich. <laughs> That's it. He waved our bottom to finish developing their thought, finish up, and then he's responding. But really, he's responding on both parts. Fine. Says Yachi, if that's true, listening meis habein The brisa, um, the the brisa should say, if the child dies, she cannot eat chum anymore. Rav Nassim Aymar If Rav Nassim's waiting all the way till the end. So he actually only waited until two thirds of the Mishnah was done. There was still another statement. Why didn't he wait till then? So he says, Kasha. Yeah. All right, you have a challenge on Rabbi Yosef's approach, but it seems even though we have a question on it, we are allowing his approach to have some <coughs> element of validity. Okay, period. End of that Gemara. Okay, Gavaldik. Brand new conversation. Let's get going. The Mishnah. Two dots, two dots, bottom line, Nunva Vamaralf. Vechain haba al achas mikol ha'arayas. And similarly, somebody who has intercourse with any forbidden relation, you've transgressed even with a partial intercourse, a partial bia, a hara'a, okay? Whether it was unintentional, intentional, whether it was partial or complete, it's an Aver. A biblical transgression. Amar of Nachman. Amar of Amram. 
Rav Amram says, Homosa Amalan Rav Sheshes. Rav Sheshes taught us about this, we now turn to Amad Beis. Vadrinu Lani Mimasnisin. And he actually, this that, this, this that was said was actually brought to our eyes through the Mishnah. Meaning he taught us a halacha and he proved it from the Mishnah. And let's get into the halacha. What was it? So let's explain. Eishas Yisrael Shenenza. Okay? If you have a regular married woman, Shenenza, who will call her, she was raped. She had relations, even if it does not, doesn't necessarily need to be a full-fledged rape, it was, it was not consensual. It was against her will. Now the halacha is, if you have a married Jewish woman, this is a true halacha, if you have a married Jewish woman who willingly goes out and has an affair with another man, she becomes forbidden to her husband. They're not allowed to stay married. But if it was unwillingly, if she was violated, she remains permitted. So you have a woman who was violated. Even though she can go back to her husband, she's usher to a Kohen. Okay? She's not allowed to marry a Kohen. Fine. And our Tana taught us, anybody who has, a, who has relations with any forbidden woman to him, or somebody who is puzzle from him, okay, for example, a divorcee to a coin, what does it mean? And similarly, what do you mean? Our Mishnah said that when it comes to an affair, an illicit affair, it's going to be a problem and it's going to be considered an affair whether it was intentional, unintentional, whether it was willingly, unwillingly, whether it was partial, whether it was complete. That was the words of our Mishnah. So the Gemara says, if you're going to say v'chein and similarly with kahuna, does, is it really true that all those statements apply to somebody who was puzzle from kahuna? Okay? V'katani psala. And the Mishnah says that you're going to be puzzle from kahuna. Which was what Rav Shesha said. So let's, let's take a step back and realize what's happening. Our Gemara on the bottom of Ahmad Aleph started out with Rav Amram. Rav Amram said, Rav Shesha taught us a halacha and proved it from the Mishnah. So the halacha was that a wife of a Yisrael that was violated is mutter to her husband, permitted to her husband, but also from Kahuna. And it's enlightened from these. Words of our Mishnah of Aynas, Ratz, and so on and so forth. Says the Gemara, no, lie. My v'chein, you know what it means similarly? Ahara, it doesn't mean willingly, unwillingly, unintentional, intentional. It just means that a partial bia, a partial intercourse, is considered like a full intercourse. If there was a partial intercourse, she's going to become puzzled to kahuna, even though it wasn't complete. Says the Gemara, har, har, whose partial intercourse causes a woman to now become puzzle to kahuna, forbidden to kahuna. If you're going to say that, let's say you have a brother that violated a sister with partial intercourse, she's now going to become forbidden to kahunam. Do you mean to say that Arias turned out from Yavama? Is that true? That because Yavama partial is a, you know, it's considered a acquisition, so too everywhere? Adarabah. We know the opposite is true. Yavama Yafina Arayas. The laws of Yavama is not learned, is, is, it's not that Arayas learned that from Yibam. Yibam is learned that from Arayas. The main part, the, the main verse 
which we learn out all the halachas of partial relations, is actually stemming from Arias. So don't tell me that the laws of Arias learned out from of Yibum. It's just the opposite. Yibum's learned out from Arias. So back, we're back to square one. Yibum, partial intercourse, is considered a full intercourse. Where's that from? As it says, Gemara, Elamai v'chein. So what do you mean v'chein? It's referring to Shalaikadarka that went by a, by a uh, Yavam. A Shalaikadarka is going to be an acquisition. So, too, a Shalaikadarka, which is an unusual way of intercourse by Arias, also is going to be forbidden. Says the Gemara, Adaraba, Iker Mishkva Isha Barayas Ksib. Again, don't tell me Arias is learned out from Yibam. Yibam is learned out from Arias. Right? Mishkva Isha means in the usual fashion. Says Gemara, Elamai v'chein, Ashalai Kedarka Chayvei Lavin. It's referring to Shalai Kedarka by Chayvei Lavin. Okay, meaning you have a lav, you have a forbidden relationship that's not a, a kares or a, a capital punishment. It's a, it's a lav in the Torah. Okay, it's just a, a, a negative command. So you, ha, you lay with that woman, Shalai Kedarka. That's what our Mishnah means, is including when it says v'chein. Amar Rabba, Rabba says, Eishas Kayin Shenensa, the wife of a Kohen who was violated, Bala Laika Lav Mishum Zaina, if her husband stays with her, he's going to get Malchus because a Kohen is not allowed to be married to a Zaina. Says the Gemara, one second. One second. Mishum Zaina in Mishum Tumalai. We're going to say he's getting Malchus because she now has the status of a Zaina and not because of the fact that she was, she's now in a state of Tuma, a state of impurity. Yeah, the Torah says that you're not allowed, a Kohen is not allowed to take a wife in a state of Tuma, which means he's not allowed to remain with his wife who had adultery, who had an affair with somebody else. So we're assuming right now that if a woman is violated, she should become forbidden to her husband, not only as a Zona, but even more importantly because of Tuma. Says Gemara, it's both. She's obligated, he's obligated for keeping her because of Toma and because of Zaina. Now we need clarification because in order to have this step of the game, and I know I'm moving along fast, but let's just keep a grasp on what we're saying. Right now the Gemara is assuming that if you have a woman who's violated, she takes on the status of being Tame and being a zone, even though it wasn't necessarily willingly. Must have Rav Zaira. Rav Zaira says, pause, hold on. I have a challenge. The headline is Basasura. Only if she was not violated, if she was not forced, then she becomes forbidden to her husband. But let's say you have a woman who's forced. Yeah, a woman's taken by a man and he forces her into he forces her into relations. Mutares. She becomes mutter. Is referring to an Ashes Kayan. Now, and over here we have a lav that's coming through an assay, which which uh, should which should be forbidden as an assay. So the Gemara's question is: How can Rabbah say that a kohen is going to get malchus for having relations with a wife who's violated? It's not true. It's only when she does it willingly. Amar Rabbah, Rabbah says. Really, any woman who has relations with another man is called a zaina. A married woman with a man, called a zaina. 
This refers to a regular woman. Only when she wasn't forced, she becomes forbidden to her husband. If she is forced, she remains mutter to her husband. Okay, fascinating. So here's the deal. Bottom line. Bottom line. If you have a regular Jewish woman married and she's violated, there's no issue whatsoever. Her relationship with her husband remains... There's no problem. No problem. They can stay together, no issues. But if, if she was married to a Kohen, she cannot go back. Even though she didn't do it completely willingly, she's in a state of Tumah, she's considered defiled, and, and uh, she cannot go back to her husband who is a Kohen. Vika Damri. And there are those who learn the same conversation, but it's a little bit of a twist. Omar Rabba Rabba says, Eishas Kohen Shenensa, if you have a wife of a Kohen who was violated, Bala Laika La Mishum Tumah. Her husband is going to get Malchus for remaining with her because it says in the Torah that you cannot be, he's not allowed to remain with her in a state of Tuma. Mishum Tuma in. The reason why he's, it's forbidden is because she's considered Tumah to him. Mishum Zainalai. But it seems that the fact, it, it seems that what we're calling her a Zona is not true. He's not going to be, it's not going to be a transgression. She never took on the name of a Zaina. Alma Ka You see, when a woman's violated, she doesn't take on the status of a Zaina. There's no problem as far as that's concerned. So, that's a challenging question. One second, when she's not forced, that's when she's ushered to stay with her husband. If she is forced, then she's permitted to be with her husband. There's another type of situation. Where even though she was forced, she's ushered to her husband. The Ezu, the Ezuzu, and show me a case where you can have a woman who's violated unwillingly and she's forbidden to her husband. Ashes Kayan. That's going to be an Ashes Kayan. But Lava Bomachala say, I say, and a prohibition that's come down from an assay is considered an assay. Now, what do you mean it's an assay? It's going to be an assay. It's going to be a transgression of a positive commandment for the husband to remain with her. Now, when you have a positive commandment, you don't get lashes on that. When a person transgresses a positive commandment, a person doesn't put on tefillin one day. A person doesn't uh, shake a lulav one day. A person, okay, so you know what do we say? You didn't get your mitzvah. That's it. You didn't get your mitzvah. Did you actively do a don't do? No, I just, I lost out on my performance. A person get malchus on that? No. You get malchus and you actively violate a negative transgression. So we say, it's an assay. Why are we saying that the husband gets malchus for staying with her? It's not true. Amarabu Rabbi says, that any time you have a, a married woman who has relations with a man, so the halach is she cannot stay with her husband since she has become Tomei. Since the Torah says specifically by a regular Jewish, uh, by a regular Yisrael woman, that when she wasn't forced, then she's forbidden. If she is forced, she remains permitted. Same, same bottom line in there, and that is, when it comes to an Eishas Kayin, whatever was, was. Meaning that she remains in her prohibition of being of uh, being defiled, and she's not going to be mutter, she's not going to be permitted to her husband who is a Kohen. Okay? Time for Mincha Chavra. We'll hold it here for today. We're up to the Mishnah, towards the bottom of Nunva, Bamibbez, We will pick up from here tomorrow evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful night.